What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 74 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, December 9th. We were actually able to come together and rec- come together right now. right now over me. That was beautiful. Yeah, so me and Mike are together once again, if you couldn't tell by that awful singing that we just did. Um, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse, but that's not a good way to gauge quality of something. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Every sexual partner I've ever had could have been a lot worse. <laughs> uh, I've had better. <laughs> yeah, they, there you go. Mike, how have you been, man? I haven't talked to you in like, uh, feels like a month. I've been doing good, doing fine. Uh, almost done with college, my first semester at, at uh, WC Vancouver. So all I got is just like a test to study for and some stuff to do for English that's due next week, and then I'm done. Mike, for about a couple weeks, and then I have to start up again. I got to say, I'm tired of you going to college. <laughs> like, I don't I don't like it for you anymore. I, I, I just, I just, I don't like you having homework. I don't. <laughs> Anytime I get around somebody who has more like adult responsibilities than I do, I get very uncomfortable. So if you could just well, not, you know you're just gonna have to deal with it. So suck it up, Buttercup. Oh wow! Look, look at the sass on this one today. Jeez. You know, I, I want you to make. I want you to become a famous uh, movie critic and 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 do that with your life. That's what I want for you. <laughs> That that would be awesome. I'd love that. But we'll see what you know, we'll see what happens. It seems to be harder and harder to do that kind of stuff now. With the death of the print article and the rise of the lazy internet writers. Yeah, God, we could probably do a whole podcast about that. Um <laughs> dude, I've been so busy the last like three weeks. I apologize to everybody for the lack of consistency. I mean, it actually has still been consistent because we have put out something, but like there's, you know, there's been a few workarounds here and there that we've had to do like our last episode. And uh, I've had, I'm a DJ, as a lot of people know, for a living, a wedding DJ, karaoke DJ, whatever. Um, It seems like every DJ in my DJ company has called out for the holidays and all their gigs need to be covered. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I could surely use the money. So I'm just kind of like a, a whore for hire right now. I just like, yeah, you want to pay me money? I'll go and do whatever crazy thing you want me to do. Like, so last week I had a Christmas party. I had to DJ and, uh, oh man, I forgot how much I hated Christmas music. I forget every year <laughs> until it comes around again. And I'm like, oh man, this anti- the one song that really gets me is the, do they know it's Christmas at all? You know, no, do they know it's Christmas yeah. time? feed the world the live aid song <laughs> it's because it's just so catchy it's just stuck in your head and never leaves but then also it's kind of it's a very pretentious song when you think about it it's you know do they know it's christmas time at all uh no no they don't and i like they, they probably don't even <clears throat> celebrate christmas or know what christmas is we're talking about people and tribes in in africa who maybe they do but I, I'm, I'm just saying like I, the chance that they might not they might not know what christmas time you know that it's christmas time at all they're too busy starving i mean and it, then not it, only that 
the whole like uh, judgmental uh, part of the song from Bono is just so <laughs> cringe-inducing. <laughs> Thank God it's them instead of you. <laughs> oh God, typical Bono douchebaggery. That's why I can't fuck with you two. I can't listen to you two at all. Um, I'm just like. What? Like, this whole song is like, feed the world. Do they know it's Christmas stuff? Thank God it's them instead of you. I mean, you're right. It is pretentious in a way, in the way that they're acting like Christmas is, it should, should be such a big deal to everyone all over the world. It's pushing our, like, Western-centric ideals on everyone else. Like, what if they have some other custom at some other time that's more important to them? Than, like, why... Christmas isn't the end-all be-all to everybody. And and that's not even taking into account South Africa, like Johannesburg and shit, where it's like, you know, like a normal city, and it's not this, like, rundown, like, mud hut type situation. Like, people often think when they, like, stereotype, like, all of Africa is this one way. Yeah. Like, South Africa that's is actually... That's not what it's, it's like it's, at all. It's very... No. It's pretty damn developed. It's like a norm, your normal, like, big city. And there's like a lot of white people that live there. It's not it's not just like Africa is like the poor starving kids with the flies in their faces and stuff. Like there's there's uh, a more diversity in Africa than what you would think. But uh, like Egypt, a lot of times people forget Egypt is in Africa for fuck's sake. The Great Pyramids and all that. Like there's a bunch of diversity mm-hmm. in Africa than just like the starving kids, which should you know you know you definitely should do something about that. You specifically, Mike, should go Are down. Are you sure? The- Egypt is in Africa, and it's not in its own, uh... Yeah, no, it's Egypt's in Africa. Maybe you should be going to college. (laughs) (laughs) So, any hoozles, uh, are you you looking forward to Christmas, Mike? What did you ask Santa Claus for? Well, uh, you know, Christmas, it it, it is what it is now, you know, it's like, it's not... I th- I'm I'm thinking it'll be a little bit better than maybe in the years past because you know, family has a little bit more uh, funds to be able to you know didn't have to pay to like fix the floors or something because the fridge leaked like one time so, um and that sucked because like you're not expecting that all of a sudden oh the freezer is leaking and there's water all over the place and there goes the Christmas budget for that year. <laughs> But you know that happens. You know that that's this is definitely a first world problem. You know talking yeah. about oh wow I don't have too much Christmas presents because uh, the fridge leaked. Well, Mike, um, I, I all I can say is I hope you get that deluxe super sized sex toy that you were asking. <laughs> I'm not looking. That's come on. You know I'm not into that kind of stuff. I got a package I'm waiting for in the mail from a, a friend of mine and a subscriber of my YouTube channel who has sent me a lot of like really wonderful gifts over the years and he sent me like a package he's already told me like some that's some of the stuff that's in it there's other stuff i don't know what's in it and he's like it's like over 20 movies and i'm just like that's insane mike what the fuck dude what do i have to do as a youtuber <laughs> to get people to send me shit like i know that's not the only guy who sends you shit either like what the hell yeah well it didn't start out like that i mean it is kind of a recent sort of thing i mean my i'm a good friend of mine uh, he was sent, got stuff sent to him long before I even started getting anything sent to me. And then I think maybe because of my association with him and, and then the subscribers of him, you know, ended up subscribing to me and then, you know, reciprocated, you know, some of the, the, the kindness. I mean, the gifts are great, but I mean, just a kind word and just 
pressing the like button or subscribing to my channel. I mean, that's equally as good to me as anything that somebody sent me in the mail. It's just this is thought that counts. If you're wondering what channel Mike is talking about, it's uh, his channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications and he does like movie reviews, stuff yep, like that. And I'm doing a request month uh, this month because it's uh, my way to give back to my subscribers and, and followers and stuff like that. That's cool. Because it's a holiday season and I think that's a nice gift to give them instead of just reviewing generic cliche Christmas movies. Like that's what everybody does. Every critic is like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be predictable. It's like every critic's like, oh, this movie's coming out. I'm going to review the movies from this other franchise that's a part of this franchise that the newest installment is just coming out. Let's review the, the Fast and Furious films. Or let's review some alien movies. Oh, it's Christmas. Time to review nothing but Christmas movies. I know. You know? I hate that. I hate seasonal shit in general. I hate seasonal <laughs> flavors that come out. Like, if it's good, why not have pumpkin it around? Pumpkin spice? Yeah, why not have it around all year? If, if pumpkin spice is that good, which I agree it is, why not have it around all fucking year? I hate seasonal shit. I hate things that are only around for a certain period of time because it's tradition, and then we take it away for the rest of the year. Have candy canes around all year, damn it. Why only one time during the year? Like, well, I don't, I don't like candy canes, so that's fine. Well, with fine. Me. You don't have to eat the candy canes. <laughs> I'll, I'll suck mine down towards a sharp point, and I'll poke you with it. Because that's what we did as kids. We sucked it down towards like a needle point. And then you shanked each other. Yeah, we shanked each other. We, <laughs> that's how... That's why I grew up to be, well, I'm not balanced or well-rounded. Maybe there was, that was the beginning of, of all the problems for me. But yeah, I know what you mean, though. I hate it like when the Power Rangers movie comes out and all these game gamer channels are like, we're going to review all the Power Ranger video games. Like, like so predictable, you know? Like, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they figured out the algorithm or whatever, and they found yeah. that when they do that... After a big movie comes but that's out, that's one of the issues, though, with like the bigger critics. Like they don't review very, th very much of anything other than new movies and really popular films. Like they don't review obscure flicks, and 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 that's why I I'll probably never be as popular as those people are because I'd rather review some direct-to-video movie that I have that nobody's ever heard of <laughs> than you know the latest film that's come out in theaters because I I, ju I just think that's more interesting to me. And it could be terrible, but, you know. That's kind of in keeping with this podcast to a certain extent, because uh, when we first started, we thought that, like, we were reviewing shit that, like, a show that nobody was really able to watch anymore and that nobody was going to be interested in. But, hey, you know, then then it came. It took, Times have changed. Yeah, I think I think it coming on Amazon, like, kind of helped us more than yeah. anything else because people are actually able to follow along now. Um all right, so let's get into this here. Um, our first case we're going to talk about is Rebecca Young. This was a request by one of our Twitter followers, which if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is uh, obviously we're Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, but it's at Uncovering UM, Uncovering UM. So yeah, I'm new. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm new to Twitter, but I still don't quite understand the use of it, but <laughs> it's a social media platform and it's free so they tell me that you need to have one so there we are what you're not gonna get on instagram now i might you're on you're on one <laughs> you know that the perhaps it's you ladies kind of inspired me to get an instagram because yeah. they post stuff that's like actually worth seeing on there um that's another good podcast you should listen to if you like our podcast they pretty much do exactly what we do um but yeah um exclusive to our Twitter account, I posted the cease and desist letter that 
John and Terry's lawyer sent me. Uh, that is on our Twitter account. You can only see it on Twitter. Don't act like you're an expert on the show, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that was said amongst many other things on there. So if you want to see that cease and desist letter from uh, from their scary lawyer, you can go on there. And yeah, I, it's, it's it's so hilarious. Um, but anyway, one of our uh, I guess listeners requested the case of Rebecca Young. This always stuck in in her mind. And um, you know, unsolved mysteries cases stick with different people for different reasons. Uh, this is one I different I definitely did see. Uh, but it it did not stick out to me at all. Um. Per, my personal feelings on this case is just as a whole, it, it's it's kind of weak um, as far as it being super interesting. I, is it tragic? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a murder, so you want to have like respect for that. But I personally don't feel like um, as far as Unsolved Mysteries cases go, it, it's it's that interesting. But we're still going to talk about it. I thought I thought it was uh, one of the better ones. I mean, it's not, it's not one of the best, but I thought it was one of the better segments uh, because of the whole anonymous caller thing the uh the nature of the crime and uh some other elements to it as well like some 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 elements are unintentionally hilarious to me and we'll, and we'll we'll get to that soon enough all right so in 1982 when rebecca young was 12 her mother was murdered and she went to live with her aunt lucille tragically in april of 1991 she herself was stabbed and murdered in an isolated sugarcane field near, near belgrade Belglade, Florida. She was a 21-year-old uh, at the time. On May 1st, a witness calling himself Antonio called local police from a payphone and reported he had been hunting illegally in the same field at the time that she was killed. Uh, and uh, he was hunting rabbits, apparently. Um, I, I guess. I, I mean, bless me. Oh, I thought you're thought you were laughing there at the no, pros- I sneezed. Prospect of hunting rabbits. I sneezed, but yeah, hunting, hunting rabbits. Um, I, I don't know. Wabbit I don't, hunting. Again, I don't know why hunting rabbits would be illegal. I mean, they procreate pretty quickly. So, I mean, it's not like there is a over or underabundance of them. Anyway, uh, he told them that uh, he had seen her in a blue Ford Bronco with two Hispanic men, one Cuban and one Mexican. And he was able, it was kind of cool because this guy spoke, was, was Spanish, Hispanic of some kind as well. And he was able to kind of, decipher what the nationality of these two men were based on their accent which uh-huh. i mean to us it would be like i could pick out what region somebody f- is from in this country by how they talked sometimes you can't sometimes it's tricky like sometimes people don't really have an accent here they just have an american accent and no region but yeah i guess with the hispanic languages uh there's definitely an accent difference in in the various hispanic uh, ways too like i hear the spaniards have a very specific uh spanish uh accent and how they talk but yeah apparently cubans mexicans haitians hondurans all those are all different so that was kind of cool uh he observed them arguing with her over what antonio believed to be money and drugs you know typical she was subsequently killed with a machete which is probably the most uh standout point of this case uh seemingly in the heat of the moment so this guy got really heated and hacked her to pieces apparently or hacked her to death at least and also, it, it's just the whole image or thought of somebody getting hacked to death with a machete is pretty gruesome and pretty memorable. But, of course, you know, Unsolved Mysteries is on network television. They couldn't really show anything. But then that also kind of makes it more effective in some ways because it's like it doesn't show you what happened. Like you have to come up with that in your mind. 
And sometimes what you can come up with in your mind is a much more terrifying scenario. Yeah, and I'm also kind of glad... And then it doesn't make you think of like a slasher movie, because that's really what I, I'd kind of... That would pop in my head. I'm kind of glad they didn't show it. <laughs> I didn't really want to see someone get hacked to death with a machete. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I've gotten to the point to where it's like, I have enough fucked up shit in my head at this point yeah. in my life. I, I don't really want to add anymore, even if I do know it's fake. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's... It, what, what's... Yeah, go ahead. What's crazy about the machete thing is... one. This is a story I remember regarding machetes like and, and it's it's something to do with like the news and i remember catching the news one time years ago when i was like a teenager and i remember them talking about a bunch of nonsense that really isn't even that much of real news and there was a scroll on the bottom that was saying uh some woman in africa had her head cut off she was decapitated with a machete i'm like what the fuck and I'm just like, they're talking about some celebrity bullshit. And then like on the scroll on the bottom is woman was beheaded with, by a machete. Jesus. You're like, why are you not talking about that? <laughs> why is murder on a tiny scroll on the bottom of the screen? But let's talk about the Kardashians or some other bullshit. Ain't that as America, main story. home of the free, because ain't that America. Yeah, we're so used to that as Americans. It's like, oh yeah, a woman got beheaded by machete. Yeah, okay, that's that's about sounds about right, you know. So anyway, uh, Antonio waited a week to report the murder to the police because he was afraid the murderers would discover his identity and kill him as well. This is what I have to say about Antonio and the reenactment. It shows Antonio in the cane field, and this the the Ford Bronco pulls up. OJ's not in it this time, uh, and these two men come out with this woman. And he's hiding, you know, because he, he says if if they saw me, they, they probably would have killed me, too. I mean, that's terrifying there, yeah. just being in his shoes in that situation. It's terrifying until you really realize the fact that they have a machete and he has a fucking rifle that he was hunting oh, rabbits with. I, I, I forgot he had a rifle. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> not only is Antonio way out like overpowered for these guys with his firearm but he's hiding in in so in a in a way to where he could have picked them off and and gotten an accurate hit and uh probably well, maybe he wasn't that great good of a shot i mean if you look at the reenactment this guy is like right it you know he's pretty damn close i mean like if james earl ray could uh could have uh shot martin luther king from uh way across the uh abutment there from the Lorraine Hotel, then I think this guy could have made this shot like two feet away from these guys. Um, so that was a little detail that I thought was kind of uh, overlooked. Like, this guy had a rifle and obviously knew how to use it if he was hunting prey. And these guys had a machete. I mean, part of me is like, fair enough. You didn't want to get involved. You just want to report the details to the cops and let them handle it, which is what he did. Good for him. But then another part of me is like, that that kind of Avengers side of me, like superhero side of me, is like you could have been the badass that like shot at least shot the guy in the hip or something or in, in the crotch or you know somewhere to like. Maybe he was out of bullets. Maybe, but it's like it's like it would have been cool if he had like gimped him at least. Maybe not killed him, but gimped him, and he, <laughs> and, and and he could have saved this lady's life potentially. You know, well, you also you don't know whether or not the other guy has the other guys with him like the other man with the guy with the machete might have be armed you have no idea about that situation 
or maybe the guy the guy with the machete does have a gun he's just using the machete to to prove a point to you know just kind of show don't mess with me yeah sometimes you know sometimes uh drug dealers and uh a lot of cartel guys do that and also i mean i i also do understand that it was the heat of the moment i get that as well uh telling me what your heart meant (laughs) i was very emotional mike i liked that but no, in the heat of the moment, you know, it's easy It's easy for me to sit here in my little comfy chair and say, you know, I would have done this differently if it had been yeah, exactly. me. Exactly. You know, that's, yeah. that's really easy to do. And I, In hindsight. Right. Yeah. And I understand it's kind of a douchey thing to say. But at the same time, it's like... Even if I had a gun, I'd be terrified. Yeah. And this guy's got, he's probably a drug dealer. I don't want this guy to know who I am. What if I miss? Yeah. 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 True. So, he told investigators that the murder took place behind a building shaped like an ice cream cone. That sounds that sounds like a really festive place to die. Investiga- it's the twisty freeze. <laughs> investigators found Rebecca's partially decomposed body in the field exactly where Antonio said it would be. She identified uh, she was identified through fingerprints. Eventually, during the investigation, it was revealed that she had been dating a man with uh, obvious criminal ties. Although he wasn't a suspect, police believe that his criminal ties may have led to her murder. It is theorized that her boyfriend may have forced her to work as a prostitute and that he may have tipped or he may have ripped off one of her customers, possibly without her knowledge. Um, few things here. Uh, I thought she was hacked to death in the field. Now, what's this murder took place behind a Mr. Frosty? The ice cream shape. Uh, the filling. twisty freeze? Yeah, the, the field was behind a twisty freeze. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Secondly, uh, if if they're boyfriend and girlfriend, why is he having her fuck other men for money? I mean, geez, uh, is, 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 uh, I mean, I get it that that he's forcing her to make money for them, but I mean, God, maybe they're just friends, or maybe she's being uh, kind of essentially kidnapped by this guy. Yeah, sex, really sex trafficked. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they were boyfriend and girlfriend at that point if he's having her fuck other men because that's yeah. kind of a turnoff, I would think, at the end of the day. <laughs> hey, honey, how was your day? You know, I know you've been with 12 guys today. You want to you tie off one more, make it a baker's dozen, you know? like I, <laughs> is, it, is it one of those things where, like, you have, like, the Cosmo quiz? It's like, turn-ons. I'm being forced to uh, fuck other men. <laughs> I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a Pornhub category for that. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, there probably is a, a category on 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 those. I, I, uh, one other interesting thing I thought was worthy of note in this segment is uh, the fact that the body had been lying there for a week, but because of that and because of the location it would the body was found in, the body had passed the decomp- decomposition stage. And had started to enter mummification. I thought that was interesting, interesting too, because I don't really know what that even means. Like, I mean, so her right thumbprint was the only print left. I so that was the only way they were able to identify her. I didn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like a hundred percent familiar with like all the, the the stages of decomposition, but I I know that you know you got the rigor mortis, which is like a pretty like quick. It happens pretty soon after death. And then, yeah. you know, you have the decomposition stage. I didn't know there was a mummification stage. I thought the process... Well, it's of- pro- it, 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 there, there is not a mummification stage in every instance uh, when it comes to a, bo- a dead body. 
it depends on the location. And when the body is in this marshy marsh area, uh, in a sugarcane field, it's more likely that that's going to enter some sort of stage of mummification because it's natural mummification because of the the uh, the location that the body is placed in. See, to me, I would think like a really frigid climate like Alaska or uh, something like that would be like where mummification might happen, where you are preserved. Um, well, that can happen too, but there's also, have you ever heard of the bog mummies? Like that, that's a real thing. Like mummies that were found in bogs. And, and so that, what, what is it? What is it about a hot, wet swamp area that would preserve a body though? You'd think a body would decompose faster in those conditions. Well, in some cases, yes, but in other cases, not. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I think it has to do with, like, maybe the chemicals, natural, and the natural chemicals that are in the bog or in the area or uh, things like that. I'm not an expert on bog mummies, <laughs> uh, but I know it's a thing. So three weeks later, on May 14th, a prostitute called the police to report a local man who was boasting that he had recently killed an African-American woman. <laughs> this is the unintentionally hilarious part of the segment for me. <laughs> they soon picked him up while he was driving his car under the influences of drugs and or alcohol. And he sure was. <laughs> this guy. This is a good old boy. Yeah. This guy was straight off of like you know those white guys on co on the show Cops, uh, yeah, like, you know, like the classic, perfect, yeah, like the classic Cops episodes where they got the white like mullet having guy, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, officer. You, you need to back up, but I ain't doing nothing illegal. Look, I ain't got nothing on me. He, like pulls his shirt up like off of his fucking body, like to expose. It's his... like this pink shirt too. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he had just like like left an orgy or something and he just grabbed whatever clothes were on the ground and it was like a fucking... no, it just it just it just looks like he just left a bar you know he left the bar or left some party or whatever and, and is just drunk off his ass a, a, maybe he did kill bar, maybe somebody. i don't know maybe he did kill somebody but uh i don't think he's the one that uh killed the uh rebecca with a machete i, I think know. he killed a few beers I think he killed a few cans of beers before he uh, got pulled over by the cop. He seemed sure that they wanted to question him about a murder even before he was made aware of what he was being arrested for. He quickly he quickly demanded to speak to an attorney before he would agree to answer any questions. Yeah. Because they had no evidence tying him to Rebecca, her boyfriend, they were unable to charge him with her murder and had no, no choice but to eventually release him. Uh, no, actually, they could have held him for a DUI. Uh, yeah. driving under the influence. They could have held him for that. I hope they did, because I got one, so everyone else should get one, too. <laughs> they have attempted to find Antonio for more information, as they believe the man they arrested in May 1991 was indeed somehow involved in Rebecca's murder, but need Antonio to help identify him. Antonio uh, recalled in his first trip, in his first tip, that uh, me, neither His me nor Mike, trip. me me nor Mike are strong readers, so <laughs> bear with us. He, he recalled it his first acid trip. Yeah, his first trip, man. Uh, and his first <laughs> tip to police that Rebecca called one of the men Ricardito. I can I, I, I hold on. I can roll my R better than that. Ricardito. There we go. Robert Stack when he said Ricardito was hilarious when he said that in this in this segment. Like the way he said it, it was just cracked me up. 
Oh yeah, Robert Stack, man, he can always get them foreign uh, foreign pronunciations because he's got he knows four languages, which was explained on the uh, tribute to Robert Stack. Cardito. <laughs> do the um do the 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 individual DVD sets that you that you purchased ha- do they have the uh, Robert Stack Robert Stack tribute on those as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are it's on there. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a really if you, if anybody can acquire any of the Unsolved Mysteries DVDs that, that that were sold like ten years ago, they have them on eBay now. Some of them are pretty cheap still. Uh, I would, I would, some of them aren't, and some of them are sold by scumbags who are pricks who don't know how to do things properly on eBay. I, I knew that. I That's knew that was story. gonna get brought up. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, check check out the tribute they did to Robert Stack. I would totally upload that shit, but I know in a hot minute I would get <laughs> I would get a copyright strike, so I'm not going to. <sighs> but anyway, uh, yeah. St- so Stack's always able to pronounce these foreign names really well because he knew like anyway, he knew four languages. So this uh, this guy um this name Ricardito has not led to any suspects. One man was believed to be Cuban and another was believed to be Mexican. They were driving in a blue Ford Bronco, should I already told you, with license plate numbers 72. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be more numbers than that. Um he could not see the rest of the plate. Almost no evidence against the only suspect in the case ever turned up and uh he has never been charged with Rebecca's murder. Uh, he did mention to another prostitute that he had killed an African-American woman. This is just kind of reiterating the same shit that mm-hmm. we just read to you. Uh, and there, there, are no, uh, there are no updates for this case. This, this case remains unsolved, unfortunately. Yeah, that's too bad. But I could see why it's one of those cases where you have one witness, but you don't have anything else. That's it. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. Like, I like... I don't know. I, I I watched so many of those shows on the Investigation Discovery Channel. I watched all these shows like just on TV and where where there's all these like forensic things applied and all these investigative techniques and and even watching Unsolved Mysteries, it's like the people always get caught. It seems like or eventually get caught, but the times that they're not, it's just like how how I don't know how and how do people get away with murder? It's it's very um, troubling to me every time that happens. Yeah, I mean, the whole unsolved aspect of it is definitely something that does stick with you. Uh, some of the mem- most memorable cases in the show are still unsolved, um, which is definitely does lean, uh, give the show, the show's name still some credence because, you know, a lot of people are like, why is it called Unsolved Mysteries? Those mysteries are solved because <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. They actually did have a show on uh, ID called Solved. Yeah. You know, which I thought was like just the Bobo-ass version of uh, Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries, which we all, hopefully our listeners now know what Bobo means, but it was just like the knockoff version <laughs> or something. Like, you know, it, did you, and that's what my, my mom, that's what my mom had to say about Unsolved Mysteries. She's like, she's like, I never liked that show. She's like, I don't like how they're, they're unsolved. You never know what happens at the end. And she brings up a valid point, but at the same time, it's like, Mom, it's not about the the destination; it's about the journey, man. That's what you're not understanding. Exactly. Under- not, that's what you're not exactly. understanding. So next up is my pick. This is one that I swear we might have talked about at one point in time. Josh remembers talking about it. We can't find it anywhere on our SoundCloud or anywhere listed on our long-running podcast so far like over 70 episodes no mention of this this guy so my guess is either we 
did do something, but then something happened and we weren't able to finish talking about it or weren't able to talk about a period or the audio got fucked up. I don't know. Regardless, this guy is a fucking bunghole. He's an asshole. He's a piece of shit. He's a king of scum. And this is one of the most difficult segments for me to actually watch because of how fucked up this guy is. This guy, I'm looking at his mugshot right now on the Wikia, and this guy just looks like your typical redneck asshole that would be at a bar who would would hit on an 18-year-old being in his late 40s. He, He just... He yeah. told his face totally screams that he he only he almost reminds me of my uh my my step grandfather who who is uh, uh-huh. also a dirtbag. <clears throat> so uh, this is the case of Jim Burnside. Now Jim Burnside is wanted for the murder of his estranged wife Annette and the attempted one of one of her coworkers on February seventeenth, nineteen eighty eight, in Manatee County, Florida. Wow, the last Jeez. one took place in Florida. To Florida. This one's taking place in Florida. Oh, wow, I, I live in a great state, Sun, sunshine state. They should put quotes around the sunshine part because it's not Florida, the sunshine state. Uh, comedian Bill Burr one one time put it that uh, Florida is a sunny place for shady people. That's a pretty good way to put it. That's totally true. It's one hundred percent accurate. Uh, Robert Stack dropped a pretty. Uh, crazy truth bomb, truth bomb before uh, when he was doing the introduction of this segment. Oh, he was yeah. Saying I something know what you're like, about to say, yeah. There are more women who are hurt by, spe- you know, being beaten by their husbands by domestic abuse than there are by rape, car accidents, and a bunch of other stuff combined. Muggings. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Muggings. Yeah. Yeah, he said, here in the U.S., wife-beating accounts for more significant injuries than mugging, rapes, and car accidents combined. I did, I, yeah. I did not know that. Um, so what that tells me, basically in a nutshell, that a lot of men are just a bunch of pussies who are too afraid to actually step up against another man and... I mean- and, you yeah. know, air their grievances, they would rather go home and take it out on somebody who is physically weaker than them than to, uh, you know, do to handle their anger in any other kind of more constructive way. That That's kind of what that tells me. All these tough guys out here who go home and beat their wives. It's like, you know, I don't know. That just, uh, God, man, you know, it's like sometimes I'm just I'm really flabbergasted by by how shitty of a world we live in. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm flabbergasted by how shitty we can be. You know how how uh, awful humans can be to one another, and this is definitely a prime example of that. And this is another reason why I mainly stay inside my house most days and um, do YouTube and internet stuff yeah. <laughs> and interact with society. No, actually, I have to interact so, with society a lot with my job. But anyway. <laughs> so Annette had dropped out of high school and was working as a cashier at a grocery store when she met Jim, who was the butcher there. They started out as friends, but one day he asked her out on a date. And even though there was a 28 year age gap from the. From the beginning, her parents didn't like him, but they accepted the relationship because they wanted her to be happy. Yeah, she was 18 and he was 46. Yeah, which in the segment, they say he was 28 years her senior. And that phrase, you know, X amount of years 
her senior or, or his senior. That phrase confused the fuck out of me for like years. And I, I, was, I was living a lie because that whole time I acted like I knew what it meant. I'd nod my head and grin anytime someone would say it or I'd hear it on a TV show. But in the back of my mind, I knew I was living a lie. It's like, Josh, you have no idea what that phrase means. It don't act like you do. And then I finally <laughs> figured it out. And then when I figured out what it meant, I'm like, why the fuck couldn't you have just said 28 years older than her? Why did you have to put it all fancy like that? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's just a personal thing that I'm bringing up right now. But that that phrase has always bothered me. It's like it, it's like people who use big words when they don't need to use big words. They're just trying yeah. to, yeah. you know, uh, instead of saying I'm hungry, they're like, oh, I'm feeling ravenous right now. And it's like, you're a douche. Uh -huh. you, you're just wanting to sound smart. <laughs> uh, I get it, though. Unsolved Mysteries is an eloquent show and they have eloquent writing. So I appreciate it in this case. But anyone else who uses it uh, uh -huh. is a douchebag. Well, uh, speaking of uh, a douchebag, well, not really douchebag. My cat isn't a douchebag. But anyway, uh, if, if you hear my cat meowing or anything, folks, uh, that's just that's just that's just Olympus saying hi. Has the cat stopped peeing all over your world? Uh, he, he does it a little bit, but not as much. And I've I've pretty much put up places, you know, put up things, so it's not as bad. So this Bob Burnside guy in the reenactment, like I, I for I mean, the Jim Burnside. I'm sorry, I keep wanting to call him Bob Burn. I keep thinking of Bob Burnquist, who's a skateboarder and not a murderer. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the Jim Burnside, I actually like the actor they chose, um, not because of his acting is good, because it definitely isn't, but he's got the look. Yeah, he's got this. He's got this like burned out, drunk Burt Reynolds kind of look to him uh he i thought he looked like a uh flamed out brawny man you know like the brawny man has lost all these sponsorship deals like brawny doesn't want him to be the mascot anymore and he's just resorted to drugs and alcohol he, he looks like the kind of guy who would take really smelly dumps <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate <laughs> And he is a one big giant smelly dump, so it makes sense. So uh, her parents didn't like him, but they accepted a relationship because they wanted her to be happy. In 1981, Annette and Jim were married. She was just 18, and he was 46. Ugh. Within weeks of the marriage, Gross. he began drinking. Of course, she began frightened. She became frightened of him because he was jealous and verbally abusive. Yeah, he was saying things like "You leave, I'll kill you. Don't go anywhere." Like. That kind of, you know, typical bullshit behavior from assholes like Jim Burnside. And can we talk about that age gap for a second? I yeah. mean, Jesus, God in heaven, why <laughs> why on earth, as a 46-year-old man, uh, I mean, I guess you are a butcher in a fucking, like, grocery store. Maybe your aspirations were never really that high to begin with. But, I mean, for, for God's sakes, I mean... Why is she... Being with him, like, why Why did she decide to, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, was she also as, des she was she as desperate as he was, like, to, to have a relationship? She must, have, she must have been, but then again, it's like, the, the blame more falls on his side because it's like, as an, yeah, as what an, are you doing? As an 18-year-old. Like, she's way out of your league, and she's also, like, way, way, way too young for you. As an 18-year-old, you're a dumbass. You don't have a grip of 
of a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of fine-tuned, like, socio... Uh, God, I'm trying to sound smart right now. Why don't I just abandon trying to sound smart? At 18, yeah. you just don't understand a lot of the social cues. You understand the fine-tunings of society that you, that you kind of pick up as you get older, you know, and you've been around the block a few times. At 18, you're you're very idealistic, and that's probably why she gave this guy a chance, because she thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be in love. This is going to be awesome. And he's over here like the fucking big bad wolf being like, yeah, that's some young... As some young snatch, yeah, <laughs> I'm hot for that. You know the old pervert that he is. Yeah, because you know mentally he knows what's going on. I mean that could have that could have been his fucking daughter for. I mean for that age gap. I mean that could have very well been like his kid at 46 and an 18. Um, so so basically that's just recipe for disaster right there. And if you don't believe me, look around. You're not going to see a whole lot of your friends dating people t almost 30 years older than them. And if they are, there's usually some kind of a problem with one of them or both of them. Yeah. So the abuse eventually turned physical. And one year after they were married, she took refuge at a battered, battered woman, women's shelter. She called him from there. He told her that he would kill her family if she did not return. This is the type of behavior from this fucking scumbag, from this piece of human garbage. Yeah, and her mom was in the reenactment, uh, or, or her, on the show, her mom was, like, quoted as saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, don't stay with him because you're afraid that he's going to hurt us. I, I you know, if, if, if you leave him and, and we end up dying, then it must be part of God's plan or something like that, but I would rather... I didn't understand the God's plan yeah, part. Like, it, that's the one thing I never get. It's like, yeah, God, that was God's plan. Yeah, it, it, totally. it wasn't your daughter ha uh, having a poor choice of character selection or this guy being a fucking piece of shit. No, no, it was God's plan. I, I don't really understand that whole facet of Christianity. But I definitely but I definitely did feel for her, and that that's definitely... It's a tragic thing to lose a, a kid especially from something like this and i could i could see why the the mother was like i'd rather die i'd rather sacrifice myself for her to be out of that situation oh, or to still be alive i wonder how many times where the boyfriend threatens to kill the family if 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 she leaves i wonder how many times that like historically that's actually happened or if it's more of a i'm just saying this to control you with fear but they don't actually do it I mean, I know with Rick Church, it definitely happened, and Rick's Rampage. Yeah. I mean, that, that happened. It, it wasn't there that other guy. I, I, I'm trying to remember his name. He was like an African-American. Like, he was this former, like, military guy. Yeah. He flipped his lid, and then... I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he. Yeah, that guy was just fucking nuts. Which, I mean, I guess yeah. all these people are nuts if you're threatening to kill someone's family. But I think some of these people aren't nuts. They're more just, like, great manipulators. And I mean, this guy might be a sociopath. Like, this is the typical kind of sociopathic type of behavior. But also, he might just be an asshole. Yeah, I think drunk. I think asshole. this guy's an asshole, more of an asshole than anything else, just for the fact that he knows that he's an old fart and he's got him some young thing on, you know, some pretty young thing. And he's jealous as hell because he knows yeah. that all she would have to do is just step outside and like a million dudes around her fucking age who are younger more vital and she definitely is a looker for uh, sure uh, not in my opinion but that's i mean she's she she could definitely use a uh, makeover she's got the uh 80s look going on a little too much i, I, I don't I, 
She kind of teach their own job. She kind of looks like a. <laughs> she almost looks like a Kennedy, like a like a uh, like like she'd be uh, in the Kennedy family. She's kind of got that that uh, that Kennedy look to her face to a certain extent. So if if you find Robert Kennedy attractive and picture him with longer hair, I, I don't I don't see her as Robert Kennedy. If you're into okay. a long haired Robert Kennedy, then you might find this chick attractive as well. That's uh, all I'm saying. All right. That's all okay. I'm saying. That's nothing all nothing right. offensive there. <laughs> Besides everything. <laughs> All right. So, um, against her parents' wishes, she returned to him. I don't know why, but then again, this kind of stuff happens a lot in these type of relationships. Oh, yeah. It's not a case of black and white. Oh, why did she just leave? There's more. There's a psychological sort of aspect to it, a manipulation sort of thing. And didn't they, they, had, they had two daughters yeah, had within kids. the next few years. Okay. So, that was before they had kids. Okay. So, so yeah. So, she, she comes back they have kids they have two daughters and it appeared that the relationship was improving it was getting better but then jim lost his job and uh it appeared things were also getting better because he actually let annette get a job herself as a receptionist for a car dealership so yeah it seems like oh maybe you know he's clean now he, he stopped drinking and he's not abusing her and he's realized oh i have kids you know i'm, I'm gonna be a better man type thing that's admirable that's the type of that you know i'd be willing to forgive people for some of their shitty behavior if they're able to get their act together uh where did it say he stopped drinking no but i'm, I'm it just i'm just saying like it seemed like he was getting something together like just being better at because they're saying things were getting better you know the relationship was improving but who can really know that though, besides her and him, you know? Yeah, I know. I'm just quoting what the show is saying. I know. Like, I'm not. I I'm not attacking you, Mike. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> postulating for fuck's sake. Don't be so sensitive. <laughs> All right. So Dave, one of Annette's coworkers, helped her buy her own car. But Jim, he felt that she was getting too much freedom, so he decided to wreck it with a crowbar. Ugh. God, this scene just, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it really shows you that this guy is unhinged. Like this is a guy that you should not be with. Get away from this guy as soon as possible. I mean, that's like, you know, and, and what, what was she probably like 19 or 20 at this point, you know, cause it was, it was a few years in and she, you know, it was probably later than that, older than that, because, uh, it said like a few years later, like, uh, they got married, uh, well, whatever, um, whatever the case him, is, they had two daughters. My point yeah. is, is that she was real young. She was getting a car. Yeah, all these things that would be a big deal for someone that young. You know, if things were, if she, if she had been smart, <laughs> she would still be living at her parents' house and like going to school or something like that. But you know, instead, yeah. she finds herself in this situation with this fuckhead, and he's sitting there like destroying her car. And yeah, he just it, the reenactment was well uh, shot. He just walks up there with his crowbar and just starts going to town on the car. And you're just like, what did the car ever do to you? And then the kid like, you know, she, why are you doing this? Her kid runs into the living room and she's like, what's going on outside? And the mom's ha have an act all. Oh, nothing, honey. It's OK. <laughs> Daddy's just beating the shit out of mommy's car because he's a psycho. But no, everything's fine. Um, so he then threatened to kill her if she ever left him. And then, and then he even threatened to kill their daughter. Yeah. Their daughters as well. In front and of the daughter. That was a really hard, that was a really hard scene to watch because 
it's the whole thing like I never you know there's no way that he's gonna threaten to you know kill the kill his daughter oh no and oh yeah he will and then like he did I'm trying to remember what he said it's like no I'll kill you too you're just like yeah, because, Holy you know, shit. I remember being a kid and seeing, like, my parents argue and stuff, and, and and there's this thing, if you're a decent parent, where you're supposed to, like, compartmentalize that shit and only, like, you know, direct it towards the person you're having the argument with, the adult. You're, you're supposed to turn that shit off when you're talking to a kid. You're supposed to, oh, no, honey, everything's fine, because the kid... It, they, they're very delicate, you know, kids are delicate, and when they see, especially their, their parents, their two people they love the most, uh, fighting like that, and the dad, and, and the, the, the husband says he's gonna kill the parent, and then the daughter's, like, sitting right next to the mother as she's cowering on the couch, and the daughter goes, you wouldn't do that to me, would you, daddy? And he goes, I'd kill you, too. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude, like, fucking A, like, forget it. Yeah, congratulations, dickhead. Not only did you kill uh, the mother, which I guess I spoiled a little bit. She ends up dying. But you you have certainly screwed that kid's life up for the foreseeable future. I mean, this kid is now, a, even though she was a little girl in this moment. You, well, that's psycho, psych, That's a lot of psychological yeah, therapy you have, for sure. You've, you've officially turned her into a fucked up adult. Whether she's able to cope with her or not is one thing and, and still lead a productive life, but you have turned her into a... She will always have that in her head. I mean, good job. I remember watching, me personally speaking here, watching my aunt and uncle fight a long time ago, and all I saw was uh, my uncle standing in the bedroom, and my aunt, I didn't see her, and uh, he had a carton of eggs in his hand, and I remember him uh, yelling or something at her, and he threw the eggs, I don't know, at her or at the wall or what. But, uh, yeah, just seeing that, like, physical uh, manifestation of anger, I ran home to my parents' house, and, and I was, like, crying and shit, and I told my dad. Yeah. And that's my dad's sister. And my dad called up, and he's like, he's like, you know, don't don't be doing that crap in front of my son, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, the, the cat apparently doesn't like this either. Well, I mean, it's it, that putting that kind of energy out there is just uh, gnarly, man. It, it it fucks it fucks you up as a, you know seeing that kind of stuff as a kid. You're not. A, I mean, I don't like confrontation even as an adult, but I can handle it. I mean, if somebody wants to start some shit with me, I'll I'll handle my shit. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna run away from it, but uh, I still don't like it. But as a kid, I absolutely couldn't tolerate it. Yeah, it, it's. Uh... Just unacceptable. I mean, this, this, just the shit list this guy has is just unreal. Like the, the just checking off everything. You know the asshole list. Like how to you know the, how to be the biggest asshole. Check, check. Yeah, check. right. Yeah, he go. He's got them all checked off. Yep. I mean, it's all there. Exactly. And stinking up the bathroom after he's done. So, after that, while he was at work, Annette called the police, asking them to escort her and their daughters out of the house. By the time she, by, by the time he came home, she was on a plane to Ohio to leave their daughters with relatives. Five days later, she secretly returned home so she could continue to work. I don't know why she did that. I, I would take a chance of just staying with relatives. Just stay with your kids. Work is nice. That's a good thing to have, but you can find a job somewhere else. 
I think she was. It's not worth sacrificing. I mean, I think your potentially your life for it. It's it's not worth it. It's a job. Again, the whole age thing comes into play here. She's young. She's not. She's not weighing those things. She's. This might have been her first job she ever had, and she's like, "I'm doing good at this job. I'm. This is like one thing I can hold on to is mine. Is something that he can't. Yeah. He can't take away from me. And she. She could have been so very obsessed with the job and stamping out her own existence that she didn't want to find. You know, start again. Obviously, she's not good at leaving things. Um, yeah. So. So the 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 leaving the job well, yeah, was not a you have a point there you know so unfortunately though Jim eventually discovered that Annette was back in town he began spying on her he began to stalk her he also called her parents threatening to kill her they reported the incidents to the police but the police of course said that nothing could be done unless she she was actually harmed which I think is a huge issue with the, a huge flaw in the way the law is constructed right now. I understand why it's there so people don't get falsely accused and whatever and so on. But in instances like this, where this guy has already been known to abuse her, he's she had to get a police escort to get their daughters out of the house. He's threatened to kill their kid to kill her kid, kill his own daughter. I think there should be an exception in the way the law is set up. Where, you know, well, I mean, exception in the law period where you can arrest somebody like this so so you don't have situations like this happening. I'm sorry. Your rights to uh, be free are gone when you're stalking somebody and calling the parents and threatening to kill that person. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something it's like it should be a case by case basis where you take a bunch of things into consideration, you know, and, 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 and that. I mean, for fuck's sake, it seems like it seems like on Facebook, if I was to send a message to somebody that I know saying I'm going to kill them and their family, it seems like nowadays something would be able to be done about that. But, you you know, I mean, it's like we our society, for better or for worse, is so much more, I guess, uh, on edge now. I don't I don't I, I don't know for sure if that's the case or not. I think there's still like the cyber crime or whatever thing. That's a whole different thing. But with this, there there is clearly proof that there is some serious issues with this relationship this man is violent he's dangerous and he's stalking her why do you think he's stalking her i i, I just i it just really bugs me when you have the whole police well there we can't do anything until something actually happens and then something happens and that person that the person that person that this psycho is stalking is dead that's that something that's the something that happens. So, yeah, they even say in the segment, uh, Detective Ned Foy is interviewed, and he he's quoted as saying, unless you have somebody guarding you 24 hours a day, the chances of them getting at you from stalking, they're going to get you. And that's what, ha- yeah. that's what happened. He stalked her. And, exactly. And that's not a very encouraging thing to hear from a, a detective. No, uh, it isn't. <laughs> you know, unless you have someone guarding you 24 hours, they're going to get you. That is, that kind of took me by surprise that that they that they essentially would, he could just say unless you have somebody guarding you at all times you're fucked. Right. It's like, can't you lie to me a little bit there, Detective Ned? <laughs> can't you lie and say there's processes you can go through to where you'll be okay? No, he's like, no, nah, you're fucked. <laughs> that was a little disheartening from old Nettie. Yeah, it definitely was. 
So on February 17th, 1988, three days before Annette was scheduled to testify in court regarding the divorce, she came to work as usual. At around 12 p.m., she met her coworker Dave in his car for lunch. Then she noticed that Jim was approaching. And this is a terrifying scene. Like, this is really well shot and edited and directed. Like, this is a, this is a really well put together segment, part of the segment. Well, this whole segment, I thought, was, was uh, done well. So he just shows up like a bat out of hell. He bashes the passenger side window in with his shotgun. Dave gets out to confront him. And there, admittedly, though, there's a great quote here, though. It's a pretty hilarious quote from Dave. Dave is all like, then he looked at me like he was about to enjoy a large steak. <laughs> and, and, and then they show his, uh, they show Jim Burnside's face in the reenactment when he's got the shotgun right before he shoots Dave. Oh, and, and he does not look like he's about to enjoy a good no, steak. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he, he looks like he's uh, about to shoot him in the chest which is exactly what he does he looks like he's uh, he, in the stomach he looks like he's on the toilet taking one of his famous smelly dumps is the face <laughs> that he's making honestly <laughs> that's the face he's making he's, he's making the, the the superman pooping face yeah. he's making right. the he's making the too many bud lights and hot wings at the sports bar <laughs> smelly dump face man you you probably are used to that smell at Applebee's, aren't you? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Stop! What are you doing, Olympus? Meowing at the wall? Hey, Mike's cat Olympus, everybody. <laughs> he's made multiple appearances in this uh, podcast. I guess he's uh, as upset at this piece of shit as I am. I think Olympus is uh, is becoming almost as popular as your uh, ingrown toenail. <laughs> uh, so so. Yeah, Jim shoots Dave in the stomach. Annette tries to get away, but she was unsuccessful. Jim caught up with her and stabbed her 15 times with a butcher knife in broad daylight. Dave was then rushed to the hospital and survived. Jim was able to escape as well in broad daylight, and he brought several items from a sporting goods store and then withdrew a large amount of money. Which is like five hundred dollars. It said it was like a it was a large amount of money, maybe for nineteen eighty eight. I guess it's a large amount of money for me because I don't have five hundred dollars. Two and a half years later, a groundskeeper approached a stranger at Annette's grave, who fled the scene. The groundskeeper identified the stranger as Jim. He has not been seen since. Now this case is apparently also featured on America's Most Wanted. Flip it. <laughs> <laughs> It's adorable. That that's the that's the live uh, podcast for you folks. Like I can't control what my cat does. I can't. There's no, there's no way to control that. Even though you've certainly you tried, you've so, you've tried. I've tried, but it doesn't work. So maybe maybe he wants out. So uh, maybe you can read the captured part real quick while I you know start sure. reading it. So he, he was captured. Um, on the night of the broadcast, two viewers contacted the telecenter to report that Jim was living in Shelby County, Alabama, under the assumed name Al Wilson. And I, I can't think of a more generic assumed name. Hey, buddy, what's your name? Uh, Al. Uh, Wilson. So anyway, uh, he was working at a flea market at the time. Uh, the next morning... The guy that they interviewed for this, like the, the guy who who found, you know, who... Oh, that's the guy who I know, who I work with. Like, that guy was a character. Like, this guy who was uh, 
talking about uh, Jim, who was going under his assumed name, like this typical just southern redneck accent. I tell you what. So, um, <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. And he was working at flea market. The next morning, federal authorities arrived there. He noticed them and he ran to his pickup truck. He pulled out a gun and began firing at him. They fired back and struck him twice. He was, and they showed that in the reenactment too, like actually, like live, like it looked like live rounds that went through the door of a truck. Like they weren't messing around with this reenactment. Yeah, and it's rare that unsolved mysteries will bust out the set, you know, and the actors for a reenactment or of, yeah. of an update. That's very rare. So, you- and they did that, and then they had to put on 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 the bottom of the screen. In subtitles, reenactment. <laughs> Just in case the people who aren't paying attention are, are not able to figure out that this is not actual live footage. <laughs> well, you, you know, they had a lot of dumbass old people watching back then who would be like, Oh my goodness, TV has gone to hell in a handbasket. They're showing a live shootout on TV. I miss my Pat Sajak for this shit. I don't know why that grandma started cursing at the end, and I don't know why she uh, didn't watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy or whatever he, Pat Sajak hosts. Um, but anyway... Wheel of Fortune, oh, okay. not Jeopardy. Come on. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. It's um, Trebek. Is, uh, how, how could you confuse ah, those the Same shit. Same <laughs> awful shows. Uh, I hate both of those shows, by the way. I can never guess a single fucking question correctly on Jeopardy, and I never know what the fill-in-the-blank is on Wheel of Fortune. It's like... That show's made. That, that's for- why you hate it, because you're, you're bad. Right. That's why. So, <laughs> I, I can still hate something if I'm not good at it. It's not. A, it's not a good reason to hate something, but it's a reason nonetheless. Uh, yeah. I'm a very basic bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. Who likes pumpkin spice lattes and all? I didn't stuff say like I that. like pumpkin. Was around. I, I, no. <laughs> I never said I liked pumpkin spice latte. I said I like pumpkin spice, as in pumpkin pies. Yeah, I know. I know. Although I don't mind pumpkin spice lattes. In fact, I wouldn't mind having one. Uh, I just don't think about them, you know? It's like, I like them, but I just, I don't know. I don't freak the fuck out like everyone else. Oh my God, pumpkin spice lattes are back. Oh my God. Like, those are people who don't have a lot of goals in their life. Uh, Or the people who get pissed off over the Starbucks cups. What's up with the Starbucks cups? I don't even know about that. Do you remember that? Like, it was this recent thing. Like, people were upset at these Starbucks cups, holiday cups, because it looked like there were two women holding hands. What? Yeah. No, I didn't hear about that. I have to ask my yeah. friend Stephanie about that. She works at Starbucks. I never, I never heard about that. That's crazy. That's hilarious. I, I love it whenever something happens that pisses off like extremely uh, conservative people. Uh, just because I just because like everything pisses them off. You know, like they're so easy. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say because, like, really liberal people are really easily offended, too, but on, like, the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, there was always these, but it's a, not a new thing. Like, the, the the holiday cups especially for Starbucks have been, like, just full of controversy. What the fuck? For some reason. Yeah. Yeah, you really can't, you can't win these days with anybody. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have singled out conservative and liberal. I mean, really anybody, uh, everybody's so fucking sensitive now, like, you you have to really toe the line in in business now. I would hate to own a business nowadays. I think uh-huh. I think I just have yeah. like a gray building with gray walls and my product and and that's it. It yeah. like the most non offensive. <laughs> like but so even then. uh 
the FBI, I mean, the, the federal authorities, so I think that is the FBI. So they arrived at the flea market. He was working as a construction worker there, and he tried to get away, tried to shoot at them. They shot him. He was then arrested, and he was sent to a hospital. Uh, apparently, he had actually seen the broadcast of Unsolved Mysteries, as he had told his co-workers the day he was arrested that he anticipated having problems that day. I can just imagine that conversation. They're just talking back and forth, small talk. Hey, did you say, hey, uh, uh, Al, did you, did you see the, uh, latest episode on Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I think, I think it's going to cause me some problems today. No, I can see it playing more. I can <laughs> see it playing out more like this, like, hey, Bill. Hey, what's up, Jim? Uh, I'm gonna have some problems today. Hey, right, why's that? Why's that, <laughs> Bubba? Yeah. Why are you gonna have problems, Bubba? Oh, uh, you know that show Unsolved Mysteries? No, I don't watch TV. What's that show? What, what, I don't, what's that about? <laughs> you know the show that goes do 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 do. Oh yeah, I know that show. What's up? What, what's going on, Bubba? Uh, I was on it last night. I done killed someone. Oh, damn, man, I told you about that, man. Don't be killing no one. Oh, well, you know, probably gonna show up today, you know. Hey, you got any more of that chewing tobacco there? Any of that skull wintergreen flavor? Yeah, bub, I got... Yeah, anyway, so that's how I see it. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to hear a redneck guy uh, sing out the uh, theme. That, that was great. I love that. Although it wasn't even at all like the theme, but it, it, it fits perfectly. <laughs> So he was conv he was convicted of assaulting a federal officer and then returned to Florida. He pleaded no contest in Annette's murder and the attempted one of Dave. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. He died there on November 27th, 2015. Good. Rot in in uh oh, not peace, but rot in per peril. I don't God damn it. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to think off the top of your head. And this is probably we don't have as many listeners as we could. We'd rot in hell. Like, that was an easy well, one. Well, I was trying to like, take what? rest in peace, but rot in purgatory. There you go. Rot in purgatory. <laughs> I like rot in peril. I like that one. That was yeah, good. Yeah, but you're not... I mean, I, I guess if you're rotting, you're not really in peril at that point. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, you, you guys deserve... <laughs> you're just overthinking it right you now. You guys deserve like, totally better. You guys just deserve, deserve better. And I'm just underperforming. I, I don't have anything else to say about this human piece of shit, except I, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really am glad that, uh, glad he's dead. Um, gosh, man, he just reminds me of, like, someone that my dad would be friends with. Like, and my dad wouldn't know necessarily that he did all this stuff, but just kind of his demeanor. Can, mm -hmm. I don't know. He just seems like a good old boy, good old redneck boy from uh, Florida. I don't know. My dad's, uh, he's a cool dude, but uh, mm -hmm. man, he, he has a poor choice of friends in his life um, who screw him over. Um, so what's this? This uh, Mike just sent me this article. Uh, what's this year's Starbucks cup controversy holding hands? So yeah, they show a cup <laughs> here and... Um, the article reads, there's a new Starbucks cup controversy brewing. Really? It even <laughs> says that in the article. It says, really? It says, Starbucks has been producing <laughs> holiday coffee cups for 20 years. And they even have where you can, like, check them out, like, all the recap of all the cups. This, this year, Starbucks launched its cup campaign with the note, the holidays mean something different to everyone. 
Also this year, the concerns apparently surround hands. There are two gender-neutral hands on the side of the color-your-own-coffee cup, and uh, there are two women-holding hands at the 21-second mark of this short video Starbucks used to launch its holiday marketing season. Now, I'm looking at the video here. I'm going to fast-forward to the 21 mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there are two women-holding hands. Yeah. So that's hot. So what? So <laughs> what's the big deal? Maybe that doesn't mean they're lesbians. They could just be friends. I mean, I like to think that they're lesbians because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into that kind of thing. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, the video shows a diverse cast and diverse activities. The cup was created like an adult coloring book, which I think is the stupidest thing ever uh, on the side of like things that have become like popular now, like adult coloring books. Um I know I'm offending a lot of people right now because, like, a lot of people are really into the adult coloring books. Well, I mean, I, my mom uses the adult coloring books, and from what I've heard, it actually is a nice stress reliever. So I can see the point with that. And they're not, like, adult coloring books and, like, oh, look, uh, color in Simba from The Lion King or something. Yes, it's like but, uh, different patterns and things like that. But you know how you how they t they've taken like cereal that's geared towards adults and they they name it something dignified and they like make the packaging look different to where it looks like it's something meant for adults. I, I feel like they could have done that with the adult coloring book instead of calling it a fucking adult coloring book. I just feel like... It, well, not all of them are called adult coloring books. Some of them are called something else. I just feel like so. it kind of takes that kind of like infantilizing culture of, of millennials nowadays where like millennials don't act uh, that a lot of the culture of millennials isn't adult uh, oriented yeah. it's more like kid oriented which is a little uh -huh. creepy to me like all millennials yeah. are afraid to grow up or something and and, so, and I feel like this yeah. is just a further branch of that but anyway that's moving on moving I on. wouldn't say all of them are because I know some millennials who are, are right more but just than I am you know in, in sweeping generalizations which I like to make constantly um <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying so yeah the cup was created like an adult coloring book a, a word that triggers Josh yes and Starbucks's marketing campaign invited consumers to color in their own vision including whatever they wanted to do with with the general neutral joined hands probably then buzzfeed um, oh, little buzzfeed, buzzfeed god published an article on the hands and called the cup totally gay well you know what buzzfeed you're totally gay while people who follow both Starbucks and Holiday Cup news and LGBT issues celebrated the video the ordinary Starbucks customer probably didn't realize the cup might have a gay agenda Really, there's a gay agenda in a fucking Starbucks cup. Well, the only fingers I got for you, BuzzFeed, are two, and they're my middle fingers. Fuck off with that bullshit. Right, I mean, it, again, this is the same, this is like the opposite side of the spectrum. Like, BuzzFeed's like way ridiculous with their their beliefs and their kind of their agendas that they push. Well, they're also normally like super liberal, so this is surprising. Well, no, but the reaction is like they're that. saying they're saying that. In a, like, I, I, I took that quote as them saying that it's it's positive that they're pushing a gay agenda on on America or whatever. And that's what. But again, I think Starbucks, their position was these are just two fucking hands. Stop trying to turn it into something, you know, and, and, yeah, it, I mean, and it's that, just that happened like before, like the with their red cups or something they had. There's a whole controversy because of the 
the red holiday cup say it's just buzzfeed like pushing their extreme agenda onto yet another thing because they did the whole man spreading and the whole i won't even describe some of the videos they've done with the oh, period God, yeah, the tampons videos. and all yeah. that but they're they're just they're shock they're like shock jocks or something at this point of youtube and they're they they just uh or just the internet in general yeah they're they're sensationalizing on on the left hand spectrum but i don't know you look at the hands here and uh it, it could that could be uh like arm hair on one of the hands uh or bracelets i don't know i think it's just a stupid uh that's ridiculous i wish you hadn't told me about that mike my 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 <laughs> world view is a little bit less now but let's do something a little positive more on the positive side of things here or bring awareness in a in a positive way to uh something um so uh our patreons you know which you can i forgot to plug this um you can consider supporting us on patreon if you do want to do that, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, actually, somebody I went to high school with, Lauren, uh, Lauren Karen, uh, if you're listening out there, hello. She's been binging. Is her last name spelled like a first name, Karen? Yes, she has two first names. Well, actually, she has three first names because her middle name's Robin. So it's Lauren, Robin, Karen. It sounds like you're going down a uh, name call, like like uh, like a roll call list when you say her yeah. full name. Um. I went to high school with her. She's been binge listening to our podcast, not because I told Ooh. her to or anything. Like she just literally like found it and and really enjoys it. All right. So I think that's really cool. Um, and it's funny because I've I've actually na- like I've I've alluded to a bunch of people I went to high school with on this podcast over the uh, like the two years we've been doing the podcast, and she knows like every single person I'm talking about. And she'll be like, "Oh, I loved it when you talked about such and such." I'm like, "Oh my god, like yeah, you you <laughs> I forgot you you went to school with these people too." So anyway, she's a $10 Patreon donor, and um, now normally I would take Lauren and I would shove her into a movie plot and say that all this shit happened to her, and it maybe it did, maybe it didn't. You guys know how it goes at this point, and I just kind of let you in behind the curtain there, but uh, yeah, they are movie plots, or maybe they're not. Maybe they did really happen, or maybe they didn't. Donate $10 and find out. But anyway, uh, I figured with her, since I actually know her, known her for many years, um, especially since I was a fucking like douchebag to her in middle school. Uh, I, I was like, I was a bully to everybody. And unfortunately she was like one of the people that I did pick on. I made up to her in high school. I made it a point in my last year of high school to apologize and make up to every single person I was ever a piece of shit to. And she was one of the people who was receptive and open to it. And we've been like friends ever since. And she's come out to a lot of my shows, blah, blah, blah. So I told her, I said, you know, I know you, um, I've known you for a long time. So just, just let me read something, like just type out something you want me to read about on the podcast. And, uh, she actually has cystic fibrosis and she's done a lot like raising awareness for cystic fibrosis. And, um, like she participated in some, I think it was a book or something with a bunch of other girls who had, uh, CF and uh man it's so it's it's sad because like a lot of her friends a lot of people that she's known with cystic fibrosis have passed away and it's it's a really bad disease so she has this thing that she wanted me to read um about her concerning this so she says i have cystic fibrosis i was diagnosed at nine which is pretty late since most are diagnosed at birth it's a progressive lung disease that affects the lungs and digestive system among other bodily organs It also causes you to eventually get cystic fibrosis-related diabetes. 
I also get to cough up super nasty green mucus. I hope nobody's eating right now. My body is essentially a walking mucus factory. Fun stuff. Breathing is pretty rough. I'm currently sitting at 65% lung function. So if you grab a straw, plug your nose, and do some jumping jacks, that's how I breathe all the time. I really suck at breathing. I cough a lot, but I promise I'm not contagious. I just sound like I've been smoking since the womb. I do about four hours of treatments each day involving nebulized antibiotics, nebulized albuterol, and a shaky vest which makes me sound hilarious. I take about 40 pills a day, one of which costs $29,000 a bottle that gets refilled every month. I also have to be hospitalized for about two weeks when I get sick. I get a slew of IV antibiotics on top of the other meds I've ta I take. I've been pretty fortunate in my disease though. I've watched countless friends pass away. Some that have had a double lung transplant because their lungs have gotten so bad they're on oxygen 24-7. Eventually, I will, ha I will have to decide if I want a transplant or not when I get sick enough. Other than all of that, though, I live a pretty normal life, <laughs> whatever that is. If you want to learn more about cystic fibrosis or donate to it, you can visit www.cff.org. Ugh, man, Lauren, that almost made me emotional. Like, holy shit, I did not realize that it entailed all that. That's, that's, um, that's awful. That, yeah, but, uh, good for her for, you know, being strong and, and trying to have, uh, the, the best mindset that she can. And uh, despite, and if that wasn't enough, um, despite all of that, this is another story about, this is another aspect of Lauren's life that is interesting. Um, so she writes, here's a totally true story from my childhood that I grew up hearing. When I was nine months old, my dad went on a deep sea fishing trip with some friends of his to test out uh, new radio equipment. My mom got nervous when they didn't come back and the Coast Guard was called and their boat was later found capsized about 12 miles offshore. No one knows what happened. They essentially disappeared. A bit later, one of, my, one of the men's bodies had been found. No thanks to the two officers who went out deep sea fishing instead of searching. A month later, some fishermen cut open an eight-foot-long tiger shark to see my dad's foot fall out of it, still Whoa. still in its shoe, and another shoe that had skin attached to it. Ooh. And uh, she gave me a shit ton of newspaper clippings here that um, I can I can post in the group if uh, if you guys want to read more about this. Um, so yeah, I remember I remember being in fifth grade with her uh, in elementary. And I remember her telling me her dad got eaten by a shark and like we'd hang out many years later and I'd be like, hey, did that shit with your dad? Like, did that really happen or was that like a false memory of mine? And she's like, oh, no, he, he really did get eaten by a shark. So Lauren's been through some things. Um, so if you want to donate again to the Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation or learn more about it, it's www.cff.org. Um, I'd encourage you donating to that rather than donating to our Patreon if you're considering one of the two because um, there are people out there who have it a lot worse than me and Mike do. So yeah. um, anyway, For sure. that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Ending on such a high note. Should we do it like, do it, should we do a News one of the Bazaar? big bummer. Yeah, maybe. Do you got anything? Yeah, I got one here. Um, I'll send it to you real quick. Yeah, let's let's do a quick News of the Bazaar to try to end on a, uh, on a happy note here. Um, 
And, uh, you know, since since me and Mike aren't going to do, uh, we're not going to sing you any Christmas carols or anything. So, the, the, okay. The, <laughs> the name of this, all right. Name of this article is uh, Poor Little Boy Swallows Party Horn Honks Every Time He Breathes. <laughs> I'm just thinking it, it, what would make this even better if it's the skeptic whistle noise. <laughs> like that, that's what happens. He, he swallows some horn and it sounds like the skeptic whistle every time. For those of you, don't, who, of you who don't know, the skeptic whistle is, uh, is this noise right here. And I blow it every time there is a, uh, UFO invest or a UFO de uh, detractor or even a ghost, you know, yeah, just a any paranormal detractor, anyone who says that it's not real. Um, if if we if me and Mike or comes up with like really ridiculous, ex you know, uh, excuses and reasonings for what it is. It's just a bunch of like beavers or it's a store. It's it's <laughs> a uh, it's a bunch of groundhogs that are <laughs> circling around in the field to make the crop circle. Those kind of people definitely get the bullshit skeptic whistle blown at them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this kid, um, this... Uh, skeptic whistle boy. Uh, <laughs> video, the eight-year-old unnamed boy from San Miguel de Tucumán in Argentina was posted by his doctor. It shows him honking every time he breathes in. Dr. <laughs> Santiago Gomez... Uh, posted the video to raise awareness about toy safety and the risks that children are exposed to. In the video, the poor little guy looks absolutely exasperated from the honking sound, which he emits every time he breathes in. Who can blame him? Thankfully, the whistle was safely removed, and the boy no longer makes that sound. Um, so let me see if I can try to play this right now. I'm going to unplug my headphones. Um, all right, I'm going to see if I can play this, and it'll pick up. <laughs> so yeah it's like literally the kid like breathing in and every time he breathes <laughs> every time he breathes i didn't i didn't hear much of that so we could probably just put the audio in. Okay. Yeah, Who I don't knows. know. I'll, I'll see how it sounds on my end, and I'll I'll, I'll make decision <laughs> or not. So, yeah, that uh, careful with the toys there. That's that that it's kind of hilarious though. Um, I mean, he didn't die, and it was removed, so whatever. You gotta wonder sometimes how they remove that shit though. Do they have to like open up your whole like? Or they could probably shove a camera down there or something with some little claw or something that might grab it. You would think. Depends on how big it is. All right, guys. So that's the end of the podcast. If you want to like us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, although I would recommend you join our Facebook group instead. And you can just go on the groups page. Uh, if there is a groups page, I've been saying that for like 20 episodes and I don't even know if there is a groups page. Uh, you can just search uncovering unexplained mysteries in the little search bar on Facebook and our group will probably come up first. Way more interactive. And we post really awesome stuff on there and some other things I can't tell you about. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at UncoveringUM or just search Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, if you want to watch my YouTube channel, I already promoted Mike's at the beginning, so I'm not going to, he's not going to get a double dip on this one. But if, if you want to <laughs> watch my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And I actually just completed a review of the show Ancient Aliens. This would be a fantastic show, right? I'm, I mean, it's a show about aliens. <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't Josh like it? 
Well, it's not that great of a show, actually. Um, if you want to know why, consider subscribing to me on YouTube. It's because of this guy. It's because of aliens. Aliens. It's because of a little guy <laughs> named Giorgio Sokolos. <laughs> no, it's he, he's part of the reason why the show's hilarious, but... Um, Giorgio sucks a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as for me and Mike, um, that's it for this week. We hope everyone has a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. See ya. Oh my god, it's a new commercial. I'm not saying the same shit I've been saying for the last 500 episodes. My name's Josh Cannon, as you guys all know. My album has been complete for a while now. Uh, if you want to find it on iTunes, you can search Dancing With Ghosts on iTunes. That's the name of my band, by the way. If you want a physical CD, you can go to Bandcamp and search Dancing With Ghosts, and you can buy it there, or you can just message me on Facebook, Josh Cannon, and I say, I want a CD, and I will mail it out to you. Also, if you happen to be in the Jacksonville, Florida area, which I know 0.1% of you are, we are playing a show December 16th at Jackrabbits. Um, so you can come out and see me in, in the flesh, in person, and I will greet you and sign autographs or take pictures or wash your car if you want. So you should totally come out to that. That's December 16th in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, thank you for everybody who's bought a CD so far or bought a digital album. I love you and appreciate it more than you will ever know. <laughs> God, this case seems so familiar, but like... I know, but not, right? <laughs> let me see. Let me let me run through real quick here. Just to make Maybe sure. it was a bonus thing or something. Uh, I don't think didn't... so. We've only done like... We've only done like 50... Like, 10 or 15 bonus things I want to say so I mean I remember I remember those pretty pretty well all right let's see maybe here. it's one we were thinking about doing but then we didn't do I I know that I know the first like 10 episodes of our podcast I was just literally burning through all the ultimate collection because I had all these yeah. like things like yeah, great, I know greatest hits that I wanted to talk about so it's not on there Allagash, Nazca, Dennis DePew, Burned Ev. I can't believe how long ago we talked about Dennis DePew. That seems like just yesterday. That was episode 13. Broadster, Gary Magno, blah, blah, blah. Blair Adams, Joe Cole, Friends Till the End. Lost Dutchman's Mind. We've done quite a bit, you know. Murder Kathy Page. I don't even remember that segment. Uh, Ed Baker, <laughs> Angela Hammond. Don't remember what that was about. Uh, Patsy Wright, Tom Burkett, Jerry Gervasoni, Garvasoni, Iceman, Keith Warren, Worst Segments, Circleville Letters, Mystery Hub, Log Cabin Fraud, Martin uh, King Jr., Stack is Back. Can't believe we were doing this shit way before they even announced they were bringing this shit back. Yeah. Like the forethought. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, Joe Shepard, Kurt Sova, and Sigmund. Jeremy Bright, Road Rage, Tatum's Ghost, David Cox, Cox, um, <laughs> Kathy Hobbs, Miss Katie, David Stone, Dave Freeman, Champ, John and Terry's AMA, Men in Black, Josh and Mike read bad reviews. We could maybe just squeeze that in this time if we want to. <laughs> bad review one. People seem to like that. <laughs> uh... 
Craig Williamson, Dale Kersetter, Ed Barbara, Georgia Rudolph, Maria Armstrong, Brad Bishop. I got a backup in case, you know, because like, I still got Steve Hadley. So. Rick Hazenbotham. But I haven't seen that one in a while, so it really wouldn't yeah, it'd be better Mark. to do something that <laughs> we actually watched. Audrey, you. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't think we... Uh... I am not seeing it in here either. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, it sounds like one. Is this some kind of Man Mandela effect happening right now? Like, <laughs> what the fuck's this shit? I think it might have been one we did, but the audio sucked and we had to just scrap it. That's my guess. Well, someone will surely let us know if we fucked up. I know that much. <clears throat> uh, you already did that one. <laughs> I typed in fuckface McGee one time just because I wanted their official Unsolved Mysteries website to say no research, no search results for fuckface McGee. I wanted. I can't, I can't even get that. Like I'm trying to just search right now, and it just, it automatically will just keep searching for nothing. Search results for blank. Search results for blank. Search results for. How about? Search results for fuck this shitty fucking website. Search results for my ass. <laughs> you should find some on that. So yeah, it even says in the segment, Detective Ned Foy is, it comes on the camera and he, he comes on the camera. Let me do that one again. <laughs> oh, that's dirty. Ned, Ned, Nettie Weddy, you're a dirty man coming on cameras. 